0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart. Well, good morning. Good morning. Oh, man, look, we got so many people hanging out, playing hooky in the hallway. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that should draw them in. It's great that you're here today. I'm so excited because guess what? God has something great for you today. Does anybody believe that? Okay, a couple people do. I might have to do some convincing today, but that's all right. We can do that. Uh, If it's your first time here at Hillside, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, We've got a table in our foyer. We'd love for you to stop by at the end of our worship experience today because we'd love to put some gifts in your hands Uh, We do giving a little bit differently here, and so we have a giving box in our foyer, so you can give before or after service. We'll have a special time of prayer at the end of service before we dismiss. uh, We'll pray over the offering, and of course, you can give online at hillsideassembly.org. Hey, before I cut uh, Jeb loose to do announcements today, I want to share with you just a few things. We find ourselves in a very challenging situation this morning uh, with our community and surrounding communities. Uh, the COVID numbers are rising. Uh, our hospitals, some of our hospitals, local hospitals, are beginning to get to the point of stress, uh, and that's a very serious thing, in in my opinion. Um, if people can't get in to handle under other things because we've got them so full with COVID patients, that's a problem. And so we've had several people who have gotten sick this week. We have a lot of people uh, who came in contact with someone with COVID, so obviously we've got numbers down this morning. We've got several watching online, I'm sure, Um, And so we've got some issues that we've got to work with. I'm going to address all that at the end of service today, what our plan is uh, for the next couple of weeks to get a hold of this. But what I want to do is give God an opportunity to speak to our hearts first. And I do want to share this with you. I wrote this message before we made a decision on what we were going to do. Because my goal here is not to make a decision and then preach a message to you that justifies our decision-making. Our goal is to hear a word from God, to take what God has been speaking to us the last several months and now apply it and pull the trigger and do what God's asking us to do to be effective in ministry. And so we're going to have a great day today. God is here. God's going to move in some powerful ways. But before we cut Jeb loose, I want to pray and give you an update uh, on the Thompson family. Um, and so I don't have my phone even with me, so I can't check to see if they've texted me since, uh, since our class started at 9. But let me share with you what I know as of last night. Uh, Brad was released from the hospital, but both Brad and Linda have COVID, uh, as well as their daughter, Becca. Brad was in the hospital for a short period of time, Uh, twice, I believe. They've released him back home. Uh, Last night, he was beginning to feel a little bit better, but he's watching his symptoms really closely. Uh, He did have an incident where he passed out, uh, which was really serious, and so we want to continue to pray for Brad. Becca, their daughter, uh, has has COVID and has pneumonia on top of that. Uh, She was taken to the hospital yesterday, uh, she was released last night to go home. She's making improvements. They believe her pneumonia is, is in, moving in the right direction, so that's a good thing. Uh, Linda has been transported. She was at a hospital. She was transported to another hospital because they were not able to, to help her, and they were that hospital was getting overwhelmed. Uh, so she's currently in Fond du Lac. Um, they're having a hard time getting her O2 levels up, and so they've started her on a different, different mask for oxygen, and they've got her on a very special drug treatment that will take place over the next three or four days. Um, At minimum, she's going to be in the hospital that long, unless God decides to do otherwise, but that's the plan. Um, And so she still cannot bring her oxygen levels up on her own. And so we do want to pray this morning for the Thompson family, as well as several others. Uh, There are a lot of people this morning that aren't here because they came in contact with COVID this week uh, or because uh, they're not feeling well themselves. And so let's pray this morning uh, that God's going to move in this place. Amen? And that God moves in the lives of those that need a touch from him. In fact, if we could do this, I just want to honor God for a moment. If you feel comfortable and you're able to, would you stand to your feet and lift your hands? just as a sign of surrender to God. We want what God wants for us. Lord, today as we engage in you with you in a time of worship, in a time of surrender, God, that we are not defeated. We are called conquerors in your kingdom. Lord, I'm reminded of when Moses was sitting there with the people, uh, of your people, and Egypt was closing in. And he he was frustrated and worried, and what are we going to do? And yet you had a plan. You made a way where there was no way, but, Lord, it was obedience of the people to take that path that you made. Lord, as followers of you, there are times where we have to walk out. We have to cross over the path that you make for us. Today, the path is clear. You've called us into a moment in time to engage with you right here, right now. Lord, we lay down the burdens that we've had this week. And Lord, we seek your face. God, we ask on behalf of those that we love, God, would you move in the lives of those that are sick this morning? Lord, for Linda this morning, we pray that oxygen begin to fill those lungs. That, Lord, the infection and this pneumonia, God, it would begin to reverse course in the name of Jesus she would have an amazing testimony. And, and Lord, as she's able to interact with these nurses and doctors, and Lord, I believe you have placed a specific nurse this morning right there that's encouraging Linda and someone else that Linda is meant to encourage. Lord, we thank you that, God, you go with us wherever we go. We thank you that Linda does not have to be afraid this morning, but she can be bold because the King of Kings is sitting in that hospital room today. Lord, we pray for Beck and Brad that, Lord, you would touch their bodies, you would heal them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning for my pastor friend for four weeks who's been in the hospital. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Those kidneys would start to function. Oxygen would raise up. Lord, all these other issues that have come from COVID, Lord, I pray that you would heal him in the name of Jesus and that he would have a mighty testimony of your power and healing. Lord, we thank you today to gather together in your presence. And Lord, we are excited to engage with you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said... Amen. Well, before we do worship, you can be seated for a moment because our good friend Jeb would like to talk to us about some very special announcements. Well, good morning, Hillside. Who's excited to be here this morning? Woo, boy, you guys sound good. I think some people must be in love with Jesus today. Well, my name's Jeb, and we've got some announcements for you today. Now, this last weekend, we had a great BGMC weekend. From Friday to Sunday, we did some great things for Jesus. And one of the things we did is we raised some money for missions. And so are you ready to get an update on what we raised? Well, put on your thinking cap, because it's time to do some math. Now, Friday night, we did our brat fry and worship night. We had a total of, well, well that number can't be right, Miss Kathy. $904 in brats and hot dogs. Miss Jackie, I sure hope that we gave some Tums away. Woo, that is a lot. That's amazing. $904 at the brat fry. Now, we also had some leftovers, so another $88 came in on Sunday for those of you that had lunch with us. And on Sunday, we had an offering, and we had bills, and we had coins, and the bills came up to $442, and the coins came in at $387.21. That's amazing! Mr. Bobby had to carry those buckets all the way to the bank. I think his arms are two inches longer now. That's incredible. Plus, on top of that, we have $500 coming from our ministry partner. They're matching us up to $500. That's from Webster's. Well, thanks a lot there, Webster's. That's amazing that you do that and help us out that way. So the grand total for last weekend, are you ready? Are you ready? No, no, I mean, are you ready for the grand total? Well, here it is. We brought in $2,321.21. That's incredible. And all that money goes to our missionary partners. Now, I'm not pocketing any of that money. Nobody's keeping that money here at Hillside. That's going to missions. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your giving. I'm so proud of you, church. Now, you can bring your buddy barrels the first Sunday of every month and you can empty them out in our foyer. So so when you're doing the laundry and you got change in your pocket, put it in your buddy barrel. If you find a bunch of change underneath the hammock, put it in your buddy barrel. Go through those couches at home, kiddos, find all that loose change and put it in your buddy barrel. All that money's going to go to help missionaries take the gospel to places it's never been. That sounds amazing. Finally, we've got one last announcement this morning. We want to talk about a special project we're doing this Christmas. We're teaming up with Samaritan's Purse to do Operation Christmas Child. Let's roll a video about that. Three, two, one.
1: At the count of three, when children open the shoe boxes, they're so excited.
0: Those faces just transform. Yeah, these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes. The mouth is wide open, the voice is raised, smiles are all over. That box brings joy.
1: We're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. I mean it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited. Giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves
2: you. I love you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life.
0: That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders and knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus.
2: It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in fill shoe shoeboxes?
0: Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is
1: only the beginning.
0: After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the Greatest Journey,
1: which is a 12 lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ.
0: After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. I
1: I to
0: a I
1: feel the nations of the earth are...
0: When the light of the
2: gospel is turned on, that changes everything.
0: Churches are being planted. Lives are being changed. Communities are being transformed.
1: He is alive, in the, he
2: the word of
0: God is spreading, the
2: gospel is advancing.
0: It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying, thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoe boxes year round. God
2: will bless and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you, thank you for being a part of it. God bless each
1: and every one of you.
0: Wow, I'm so excited to do my own box and send it to a kiddo overseas. Now, I just have a little bit of information to help you out as you put your box together. First thing you're gonna need to decide is are you gonna do a box for a boy or are you gonna do your box for a girl? Then you need to decide which age group that you wanna do it for. There's three age groups to choose from. Ages two to four, five through nine, or 10 to 14. Now, normally we've got labels available on day one. Unfortunately, those did not come yet we're hoping to have them next week along with the brochure of items that you can and cannot put in your box so we'll have those available for you next week at least that's the plan now we have boxes available for you today if you'd like to use one of our pre-assembled boxes you're welcome to do so we've got more in the back room if all of those disappear so don't worry we've got more than enough to go around now we also want to be able to send those boxes And instead of having you mail them individually, why don't you bring them back here to church by November 7th? We'll mail them all together. Just make sure that you enclose $7 for each box that you want to send. That'll cover all the shipping costs. Now, I know there's a few of you out there that don't like to shop. You don't know what to shop for, but you want to be included in this. Well, have I got a deal for you. If you go to operationchristmaschild.com, you can have a box all done up. Somebody else will do the shopping for you and it'll be sent out with our other boxes. That's an amazing deal. So you can pack your own box, have it here by the 7th. Just make sure you enclose $7 to cover the shipping costs. Or you can go to OperationChristmasChild.com and have them build a box for you. What a great opportunity that is. So a great way for us to pour into people's lives this Christmas. So let's stand to our feet. Let's get ready to shoot, scoot, and boogie for Jesus as Mr. Robbie's going to lead us in worship this morning. I'll see you guys later. Bye. So one quick correction to that. Uh, UPS made a drop, or Amazon made a drop this morning. We do have the labels and brochures here this morning. God's always on time. Uh, and so those are available for you in the foyer as well. So feel free to take those shoe boxes and information today. If you have any questions, Contact our staff. But who is ready to worship God this morning? Oh, guys, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in this place today. Who is ready to worship Jesus today? Come on. Let's get ready. Ravi, take us to the throne room.
2: This week I did a word study on the word hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's interesting in the new and the old testament it's used 24 times and I'm going to read the first instance of it in Psalm 104 verse 35. It says this, may sinners vanish from the world, may there no longer be any wicked people. Praise the Lord, my soul. Hallelujah. One thing I learned about that word hallelujah is it comes from two words. Praise the Lord. And that's what hallelujah means, to praise the Lord. So we're going to sing this song together. I raise a hallelujah. Our weapon is a melody this morning because we're going to praise our Lord. Katie, are you ready? One, two,
1: three, four. I raise a hallelujah. i raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me i'm gonna sing A hallelujah, a hallelujah with everything, with everything inside, inside of me, everything inside of me. I, raise I, raise a hallelujah. A hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch so the, the darkness bleed, bleed. I, raise I raise a hallelujah. hallelujah. In the middle of the mystery. And I raise a hallelujah. hallelujah. Fear you but have to hold on me. On me. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Is defeated, the king is alive. Sing a little louder. Fight my battle. Sing a little louder. This is how I fight my battle. Sing a little louder. This is how I fight my battle. Sing a little louder. This is how I fight my my battle. Sing a little louder. This is how I fight my battle. It may look louder. like I'm surrounded, it may look like You're I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It, it may look like, like I'm, surrounded, I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. But this is how I fight my battle. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. Oh, let's sing that chorus again. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar Up from the ashes, hope will arise Death is defeated, the King is alive I raise a hallelujah I raise a hallelujah I raise a hallelujah, I raise a hallelujah, oh just say hallelujah, let's praise him, hallelujah.
2: Thank you Lord. In John chapter 7, it says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Jesus is saying, come to him. Let's worship, continue to worship as we sing this next song. All who are thirsty.
1: thirsty
0: all who are weak
1: come to the fountain and dip your heart in the streams of love let the pain and the sorrow let it wash away and be washed away in the waves of his mercy as deep cries out to deep we sing come Dip your heart in the streams of life, let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of His mercy, as deep cries out. As deep cries out to deep, as deep cries out to deep, one last time, as deep cries out
0: class and we were sitting around and talking about a prayer isn't a bunch of magic words that we say to move the heart of God. It's when our hearts connect to Him. It's the simplest of prayers when it comes from a truthful place inside of you. Where there's no more hiding. Where it's just this point of surrender. I shared the story about this prayer that I prayed as a teenager. Life was turning upside down for me. A moment where I just said, Jesus, if you're real, show me that you're real and I'll give you the rest of my life to do whatever you want with it. It was that night that I was called into full-time ministry. It was that night my relationship with Jesus began. Let me tell you, your story here this morning, you came with a broken heart, you came broken you got issues going on in your life. I want to tell you in a moment, Jesus can turn it around. He can flip-flop. Not just your situation, but he can flip-flop your heart. If you're here today, you're in the right place because you're about to be encouraged with the word of God. Lord, as we transition to the preaching of your word, God, we have asked you through this song we've sung, come to this place. Lord, your Holy Spirit is here. Lord, as your servant, I ask you this morning, would you light me on fire? Would this thing that burns inside of me, would it come out like never before? To preach in a way like I've never preached. God, that your people might be encouraged and that they might be transformed through your words that you have for them. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We're going to have our kids stay with us today that are here because I think that this message is important for them. Uh, and so there are moments where we want to be able to do that. And so uh, not as entertaining as Miss Marianne last week, Buddy Beryl, or Miss Jackie, but I will tell you this. I know that God's got a word for us today. We're in a series called Just Like Jesus. To be able to, to form our lives and our ministry like Jesus did it. To go back to the basics and be able to understand the fundamentals that Jesus had for ministry and Christian living. The message this morning is called Flip-Flopped Servant's Heart. So let's do that this morning. Let's jump right into the scripture. We're going back uh, to the book of Mark, and we're going to be in chapter 12, verse 35. While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, it's interesting that he's now asking the questions because if you've been with us the last few weeks, it's been others asking the questions of Jesus. Now Jesus asked a question. So while Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, Why do the teachers of the law say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself called him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. Now it's our turn for our Lord to ask the questions. And he focused on the most important question of all Who is the Messiah? Who is the Savior? This is by far, far more important than the questions that were asked of him by his enemies. For if we're wrong about Jesus Christ, then we're wrong about salvation. And this this would mean that we end up condemned, our own souls are lost. Jesus quoted Psalms 110 verse 1 and asked them to explain how, David, how David's son could also be David's Lord. The Jews believed that the Messiah would be born of David. It would come from his lineage, his line. But the only way that David's son could also be David's Lord would be if the Messiah were God come to human flesh. The answer to Jesus' question was this. It was the miraculous conception of virgin birth. Jesus himself brought this question to light and to address it, because what he does here is he is saying, I am who I claim to be. Jesus is who he says he is. That's an important thing for us to walk away with this morning. Jesus is who he says he is. In our world today, there are so many things that, that make it hard and difficult for us to realize what is real and what is true. Never before in a point in history are we having some of the dilemmas that we're having today. People say, just Google it. Well, That's a great answer. Listen, I think technology is great. I think it has some great resources. In fact, someone's here this morning in this service because they were on our Facebook page this morning, watched the live feed from earlier this morning and said, I'm going to church today, and they're here today. So, so look, God can use it all, right? It's, the problem is not God. The problem is not the technology. The problem is us <laughs> and putting limits and, and, and being able to use these tools correctly. That's the problem. And, and it's crazy today because I hear people all the time, they say, well, I read, this, I read this article, and you can go find the article on Google, and you go and find it, and there's this like, oh, it's from this doctor so-and-so. Yeah, it's a doctor so-and-so who got his degree in a totally different thing than what he's talking about. Let me put it this way. If your car isn't working, I'm not taking it to the hospital to get it worked on. Because those people understand how the human body works. They may not know anything about how your brakes work. And vice versa. If this isn't working, I'm not showing up at Cliffs to go, hey guys, I need a heart transplant. Could you book me for later this afternoon? Because that ain't going to work. And so for the first time in history, we've got people who claim to be people, and we don't even know who they are, and they'll write up an article and be like, "Well, yeah, that, this, is, this is the way it is. It's very difficult. So we've got to do more diligence in our research to find out if the sources that we're talking about are actually legitimate. And sometimes it's a teenage kid living in his parents' house that writes something, people are like, oh, it's kind of, this is so amazing. It's like, this is totally fabricated. So we have to be careful. So how do we know what's to be trusted? Well, God is laying out a case for that. Jesus is saying, you can trust me. God's word is in our life so that we have a point of foundation for trust. Amen? Any of you ever walked into an old house that creaked? No, I'm the only one that's ever done that? Oh, okay, all right. You guys need to get out more. Um, (laughs) So I remember as a teenager, one time we'd go to a condemned house, right? And you're walking around there's holes in the floor. Literally, you can go from the second floor to the basement. One trip, just one step, you're there. And it's a scary thing when you're walking around like that because it's not a firm foundation. If we put somebody up in our ceiling today on these tiles, these tiles are not meant to hold your weight. If we put somebody up there, put them said stand on the tile, they would fall straight through because that's not a firm foundation. You can't trust that to walk on. It's meant to be a ceiling not to have be walked on. It's not a floor. Jesus is saying, you can trust me. It's a firm foundation. You can put your feet on it. It does not sway. It does not creak. It is solid. God can be trusted, and so can his promises. In fact, why don't I stop talking, and we'll just see what the word of God says about his promises. God is always good. Psalms 119 68 says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. If we're going to emulate somebody, let's emulate Jesus. Because every person in this place, every person in our nation and around the world, we fail. We're flesh. We got problems. We got issues. The greatest pastors in the world fail. But Jesus doesn't, God doesn't fail. If we're going to emulate somebody, let's make that our model because he does good. Lord, teach us your truths. God's always with me. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Not some places we go. Everywhere we go, God goes with us. I love this morning. God's here in this place, right now in this moment. The Spirit is here. Jesus is here dwelling with us. And at the exact same moment, over in Fond du Lac, in Linda Thompson's hospital room, Jesus is in the room. Only Jesus could do that. I can't do that. Can you do that? That's a pretty cool trick. If you can, let me know how you do that afterwards. God is faithful. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess, for he who promised us this is faithful. Let's hold to the hope that we profess. Let's not, words are cheap, grab a hold of some of these words you're speaking out of the Spirit and live them, live them out. Cling to hope, cling to the truth that's found in Jesus. God is kind and compassionate. Isaiah 54.10, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love, my kindness for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord of God who has compassion on you. Though the mountains be moved, though the earth actually shakes, God still can be trusted. Like, people are like, oh, pastor. I can tell already. They're like, I know know that this is like, God's trying to speak to you, guys. This is legit. It's the real deal. He can be trusted. And I know right now there's a lot of shaking going on in our community, across our nations, around the globe. Guess what? God's not done. It's the greatest hour for the church. It's the greatest opportunity for the truth of the gospel to be sent out. Because in the darkness, the light shines the brightest. But too often, our own flesh wants to curl up in a ball, stick our thumb in our mouth, and just go back to bed. Because <laughs> it's tough. But where's our focus? Where's our foundation? Or are the words that we read and speak, do they not apply in our heart? Are we not taking full advantage of what God has for us these days? God loves you deeply no matter what. Romans eight thirty eight through 39 For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, it said nothing, nothing is too big for God. When you are a son or daughter of the king, you are a son or a daughter of the king. Period. End of story. The devil can't do nothing about it. There's not a person on this face of the planet and nothing in creation that can change it. Walk in his ways, son and daughter of God. Lift your head up. God has called you into his family. God gives me power in my life. God gives you power in your life. 2 Timothy 1.7, for the Spirit of God gave, gave, let's try this again, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Don't be a jerk in the name of Jesus. Amen? Now we're waking up. All right. God's presence brings joy. God's presence should bring joy to our life. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in the presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God wants good things for you. That doesn't mean that this life won't be tough and hard, and sometimes everything and the kitchen sinks gets thrown at our life. God is still faithful, and while you might not be happy about the things happening in your life right now, you still can have joy in God's presence. Amen. We need joy, not happiness. God is there to strengthen and help you. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That's a promise you can go to the bank on. If we're willing to follow God, if we're willing just not to to, to make up and, and say, this is what I want to do. Jesus, just put the Jesus sticker on it and we're good. No, 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 no. If we allow God to speak to us, if we do what we talked about this morning with the heart, and connect our heart to his, and begin to have God speak to us. And when he speaks to us, we walk out what he speaks, we do what he tells us to do. That's the way it works. It's not, it's not a, a democracy with Jesus. I'm just going to tell you that. He sits on the throne alone. He's not sitting around going, hey, all right, let's get together. What do you guys think? I'm unsure about myself as the Savior. Let's go with your guys' plan. I, I don't want to follow a Jesus like that. Jesus has been there, done it. He's walked in my shoes. He knows. He can be trusted. When he says, jump, I'm going to jump. Now, sometimes we're not very good at that. Because sometimes we get fear. We get intimidated. The flesh overwhelms us. God says, jump, and we go. Or we're like, i got one foot up, one foot up, come on. Because it's hard but God is building a trust relationship with you so that when God says, get up on your feet and jump, we can jump. When God says, go right, and we're planning to go left, we can go right, and we can rest assured that God can be trusted where he takes us. What he's doing is what he has ordained to happen. The truth of God's word is amazing, is amazing. Amazing. God promises you an abundant life. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Some versions say to have it to the full. God came to give us a better life. And if life is a roller coaster, before you know Jesus, ups and downs, after you know Jesus, it's more abundant. (laughs) Higher highs, lower lows, but Jesus rides the coaster with you. That's the difference. That's the difference, folks. Because when we don't have Jesus on board, that's when it's scary. Yeah, you may not be the highest of highs or the lowest of lows if you live your life the way you want to live it. You can sit there right in that middle zone most of the time. But let me tell you, that's not an adventure. And every man and woman that we see in the Bible would not trade the adventure they had with Jesus with higher highs and lower lows to have a life it's mediocre, because it's a life without the king. Why could Daniel do these things that he did? How could he stand up and pray in a time where it was against the law, when he knew he would be thrown into the lion's den? He still prayed with the windows open. Why? Because he's like, Jesus is on the roller coaster with me, baby. Throw me in the lion's den. They can have me for lunch, or Jesus can save me from the pit. doesn't matter. Jesus is with me. Sometimes we don't have that kind of faith. We get shaken and stirred. We get lost. We think just because bad things happen, God's abandoned us. But that's not the truth. That's the flesh. God has a plan for your life, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. Do you, you hear that? Plans for what? Good. For good. The plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This whole thing's about trusting God, so I think that's a promise we can take to the bank as well because Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. God's got it on lockdown. It's you and me with these moving mobile hearts that got a problem. Because sometimes what we do is instead of standing in the promise, we stand outside the promise and quote quote scripture instead of living scripture. We have these moments where we pray, but our heart and mind isn't engaged. It's just words that are coming out. God is saying, I want better for you. Connect with me. Connect with me. Walk in my promises and then watch my power on display for your life. God won't always take us to places we want to go, but he will take us to the places he's ordained us to go. And his plan is way better anyway. I love Jesus. Does anybody else love Jesus? I mean, think about it for a moment. Jesus could just, he could go anywhere he wanted to at any time. He chose to hang out with 12 guys that were all... It's all right. Are we back on? You know what? The devil doesn't like what I'm preaching. Deck, one, two. That's fine. I can use my hands. It's not a deal. big deal. Listen, God hangs out with these guys that everybody else would look at at some point, in some way, as losers. They had something, some character flaw, each and every one of them. He picks these guys and he goes, let's go on a journey together. And Jesus, we know he can walk on water, yet he chooses to go, Peter, brother, let's use your boat. By the way, Jess has a boat. I love it when we hang out. I'm like, hey, let's go hang out on your boat. I feel, I feel like that's a Jesus message for me. I'm like, I don't know. But let's hang out on the boat together. Jesus chose to go by boat. He had a plan that involved the boat. He could have walked on the water. He chose to travel by the boat a majority of the time. God's plan is bigger than our plan's. And then Jesus makes this transition in what he's speaking about. And in this passage, uh, he, he brings out two character types that he wants out of his people. One is humility and the other is trust. And they go hand in hand with each other. Mark 12, 38. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for teachers of the law. They they like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogue and in the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses for for a show, make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus is most critical of the leaders in the church. That comes with a burden. This morning, I shared my testimony and the fact that I wrestled as a young man because of models that I had in my life that I saw were after the wrong things. And I even, to this day, wrestle inside my own flesh with some of those same things. Because I want to be an effective leader. And an effective leader takes humility. That says, I'm not in the driver's seat. God, you are. As I was praying on Friday night, I was walking Skipper around our blocks, around our house. I was asking the God for wisdom. We were about to have a meeting with different board members. And it's dark. It's late. As I began to pray, I was like, God, I just want an answer. God's answer was, son, lead. I've been speaking to you and your church for months. What are you going to do with the words that I have put into your heart? It's time to lead. Humility is allowing God to be in the driver's seat and to step up when God asks us to. Jesus goes on, and this is the story of the widow's offering. In verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor woman has put more in the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting everything in, all she had to live on. Look, we're going to take up an offering in a little bit. I'm not saying that you should empty your bank accounts and put it in the offering. That is not what I'm saying. God's after more than your checkbook. He's after your heart and your mind. And he wants you to say, are you willing to give it all to the kingdom? Are you willing to put yourself second and put me first? Can you go all in like this widow with your life? This section comes to a close with with these two warnings from Jesus, a warning against the pride of the scribes and against the pride of the rich. If you don't think that you're rich here this morning in this place, I do want to tell you this. Every person in this sanctuary this morning is a wealthy person. Every single person here you make more money, you have more money at your disposal than 70% of the people across the globe. If people's importance is only because of the uniform we wear, because of the title that we bear, or the office that we hold, then, then his importance is artificial. Because it's the character of an individual that makes a person valuable. And nobody can give you character You've got to develop it on the road you walk with God. And this morning, what God is trying to speak to us is your character matters. As we trust God, your character matters. Your story matters. If we could get in a time machine this morning and travel back in time and go visit Jesus when he was in his 20s working at his dad's woodworking shop, we would come back and the stories we would tell would not be about Jesus' appearance or what he wore or even what he built. You know what we would remember? We would remember his kindness. We would remember his mercy. We would remember his laugh we would remember his character. That's why I think these 12 disciples were so drawn to Jesus. It wasn't because of what he wore or what he looked or what position he held. It was because of who he really was. It was because of his character. We're looking at the character of humility and trust. And when we look at that, if we put these together, right, this humility and trust and the stories that are laid out, the testimonies that are laid out in the scripture, let's look at just a few this morning before we close. You've got Adam and Eve. They had it all. They lived in paradise. They didn't have COVID. They didn't have taxes. They had it all. It was a good life. They had it going on. And they ran around naked. That's your own choice, I guess. But, I mean, they they had it going on. Yet, when they messed it all up, when they stepped out of the foundation that God had for them and chose to disobey God, and they goofed the whole thing up, God did not abandon them. He established a plan, not only to redeem them, but to redeem every generation that would come after them. He could have just saved them and said, okay, we're going to get you guys saved. That's it. We're going to stick with you, too. That we're done. He said, no, no, no. No, this was the plan. You may have messed it up, but there's a way to make things better. I, you know what I love about the stories we're about to get into? Here's the amazing thing about the character of our God. If you find yourself in a mess by your own making or a mess that has nothing to do with the decisions that you have, God still comes to rescue you. That's encouraging. If we're in a mess this morning, and it's because of things that happened outside of our control, God's ready to rescue you. If we're in a mess this morning because of the stupid decisions we've made and the stupid things that we've said, God stands ready to rescue you today. That's awesome. That is awesome. God didn't start over. He provided for Adam and Eve. When you look at Noah... And literally the entire world had turned from God except Noah and his family. And Noah didn't know what to do. Talk about feeling lonely, abandoned. But he was reminded of God's faithfulness. God came to him just not to have a plan, but said, look, I trust you, Noah. I want you to build an ark. Now, just so you know, there were no other arks. <laughs> you couldn't Google a blueprint plan. But you know how good God He basically gave the blueprint plan to Noah. He said, Here's what you're to do. Here's how you're to build it. Here's the specifications for what you need to do. And if you go through and you see the thing of Noah, not only did God rescue rescue him, but it was the first mobile zoo. They didn't know how to. I mean, could you imagine? Noah's like, How are we going to put all these animals in this boat? God provides. God provides. Stepping into something different, stepping into something new is not a sign of God's, 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 God's meanness or that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, look, step into the unknown with me, son or daughter, because that's where the adventure is. That's where miracles transpire and take place. Pentecostals, we love to pray for miracles. We just don't like to live in them. Because guess what miracles require? Trust, absolutely. They require a problem. Because <laughs> I don't see miracles happening when you've got everything that you need and everything's good. We're like, Lord, we want more of you. We want to see miracles. Then God's like, buckle up. Because I'm ready for the miracles, but are you ready for the ride it requires to get there? Because you're going to have moments where you can't breathe. You're going to have moments where the ground comes out from underneath you. You're going to have your enemies breathing down your neck. You're going to have a lion that wants to eat you for lunch if you want to see miracles. But God is faithful. Look at Abraham. This this guy leaves everything that he knows to follow God. Genesis chapter 12 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So Abraham left as the Lord told him. Here's the thing. God didn't even tell him where to go. (laughs) Just... This is like the story I shared this morning. God said, resign from the position that I had at my last ministry position. I want you to resign. Where are we going? Radio silence. I want you to resign. And? And? Guess what? The and did not come until I took the step of obedience. Sometimes we don't have the whole story, but God is faithful. And on this crazy story with Abraham and Sarah and the roller coaster of their life, dramatic moments. Boy, let me tell you, if somebody needed no more drama in their life, it was this couple. Because, man, they had drama. And at times, they were at the point of of jeopardizing God's promises. Yet God still loved them both. And every time Abraham stumbled, God had his hand out to meet him. Moses. God's hand on him before he, even, before he could even speak. God provided salvation from an Egyptian death order on the Hebrew children. Not only would God rescue him, but he would have him grow up in the house of the enemies of God. He was the first diplomat for the kingdom of God. He, he lived in a world one foot in both worlds. One in the Hebrew culture and one in Egyptian culture. God was raising him up so that he could understand very specifically how this would work and that God was going to rescue his people out from under the Egyptians. Two cultures. When Moses steps out on his own and kills an Egyptian and then goes on the run for his life, God didn't abandon him. No, God ran ahead of him and met him on a mountain with a burning bush. When we mess up, when we do things outside the character of God, God's already ran ahead of us to provide an opportunity to come back in the fold and to make things right and to put us exactly where we need to be. That's how good our God is. When, when Moses goes back to Egypt, he's facing all these things. They come out of Egypt, and, and now they've, they've, the Egyptians are behind them. In fact, they're mostly wiped out. And they begin to step into the promised land, and Moses gathers together, and we're like, all right, we're, we're finally getting this thing going. We finally got momentum. And he says, All right, we're gonna send some spies into the land. And you know what? Ten people came back and said, We can't do it, we can't go there, we can't do this. This, this is too hard, not what we want. Nope, let's go back to Egypt. But God is faithful, he sent two men: Caleb and Joshua that said, not only can we do it, man, we are going to succeed at this baby because where we go, God goes with us. Have you not seen what God's done in the past? He is just warming up. He's just rolling up his sleeves. God's got a promise for us. He said this land is ours that he wants to move. We're going to go and we're going to get it done. That's how faithful God is. When all of your friends tell you it can't be done, you can't move that way. God will send somebody in your life that says, we can do this because God's with us. That's how good God is. David decides to take on the biggest bully of all time. God not only guided his hand, but guided the sling as well. God is with us. God's promises are true. Look at the life of Elijah. Here is a guy who was on fire for God, probably the best preacher of all time besides Jesus. I don't know very many preachers that preach a word from God, and fire comes and consumes the altar. I'm like, the guy had it going on. He has a tremendous victory, the first barbecue for Jesus in the Bible. It's right there. He has this tremendous victory over the prophets of Baal. Knocks it out of the park. You're like, hoo-ha, this guy is awesome. What happens? And then he then like, goes into super flash mode. He hikes up his robe, and he's running at like light speed down the mountain. He's out running the horses. I mean, it's crazy stuff going on. And what happens the king's wife gets all upset and says, We're coming for you, buddy. There's a death sentence on you. And he has a nervous breakdown. I'm the that's right. He said, now he wasn't the only one, but he felt like I'm the only one. He's on the verge of suicide. It's in the Bible. He wanted to take his life. But God intervened, spoke to him, and said, Brother, I'm not done with you yet. And I'm going to send somebody into your life, the first church intern, a guy named Elisha. And they partnered up in ministry. Because God is faithful. Mary, a teenage girl who had her life all planned out, had the dreams that she wanted. All of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, "Congratulations, you're going to be the mother of Jesus." Not what she had planned, but God is faithful. God is faithful. She was promised to marry a man named Joseph, and Joseph easily could have put her aside. But he was a man of character and integrity and said, you know what? I'm going to do this quietly. I'm going to divorce her quietly. We'll make this a quiet deal. But God intervened. And God spoke to him. Joseph says, I'm in this with you. Let's do it together. God provides. And when they were had to go on the run, when they had to take off and they had to go to Egypt, God provided the financial resources for them to do what God's plan was. Because the wise men, the magi, brought gifts that paid for their trip. Come on. Because God resources those he calls. But we've got to step into the calling first. You look at Peter, the most enthusiastic person perhaps in the Bible. But he often spoke before he And spoke and acted before he thought. We see that laid out several times in Scripture. When he finds himself sinking in a storm, Jesus didn't reject him. He didn't go, well, you with the fishes. I'm taking these 11 guys that stayed in the boat. That's not what he said. Jesus embraced him. I want to read this passage of Scripture for you, worship team. Get ready to come back. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. So he's walking on the water. He's walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, because sometimes in the midst of our panic, we misidentify Jesus. We think it's something scary when really it's Jesus on the horizon. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, because those are the words that Jesus would say to you this morning. Take courage. It is, I don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. See, Peter is nuts. Eleven of those guys are like, dude, what is wrong with you? What, call him out on the water. But Peter, man, for all of his zealousness, there was something connected in his heart with God. That said, I don't want to do the normal thing. I want to step out where Jesus is. It's more important for me to be in the presence of Jesus than to be safe in the boats. I want the adventure. Eleven guys were comfortable in the boat. Peter, something in his heart said, I long more for the presence of God in the crazy places than I do to be in the comfort of the boat. What would Jesus' response to Peter be? Come, he said. In that moment, in that single moment, if I close my eyes, I can see him saying those words with a grin. Peter, as crazy as you are, brother, you got it. You got it. Come in my presence. Come step out of the normal. Step out of the religion. Step out of the things, the comfort zone, and come walk on the water with me. <laughs> his heart must have been so overflowing. Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But then, see, he had a problem because his vision, he, he was looking at Jesus, but then he started to look at other things. Because when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And the ship and he began to sink. And sometimes we have these moments of great faith. We want to step out. We want to move for God. And then the reality comes that, hey, the wind is blowing. The lightning is striking. There are waves on the water. And we get focused on all the external things, of the circumstances in our life. but I love what Peter does because it's an example for what you and I need to do in our life. As he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand. Not moments later, Jesus didn't hesitate. He didn't have to think about it. It wasn't moments instantly. Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Jesus says to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? You were already walking on the water, son. The miracle had already happened. And for some of us, we're already living in miracles, but we still doubt. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down best part of for me in this story is the part that we don't really think about. Peter didn't walk on water once. He walked twice. He walked once out there and then failed. But he walked back to the boat with Jesus. When you and I fail, when we fall short, grace can take hold and Jesus is ready to go. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward this morning, church. These were phenomenal men and women written in the Bible. And Jesus stepped in and flip-flopped some incredible situations with Daniel, Noah, Jonah. Jesus flip-flopped hearts with Saul and Peter, the woman at the well, and Zacchaeus. The thing is is whether God chooses to flip-flop your situation or flip-flop your heart or flip-flop both he's faithful he can be trusted and here's the thing these guys that we look at these men and women in the Bible every one of them had to come to a point where they humbled themselves and they stepped out and they trusted God this morning what's your story What's your testimony going to be when you leave this place today? Did you just come to church to be entertained, to click off a box and say, I've done my religious duty today? Because if you have, you've missed out on a great, phenomenal moment. You're missing out on an opportunity to walk on the water. Jesus is calling this morning. He's just waiting. He's waiting for someone to go, Jesus, Jesus, call me out to you. Jesus, call me for this moment in my workplace, on my campus, in my neighborhood. Just call me out for this moment so that, God, I can be in your presence. I want to ride the roller coaster with you wherever it goes. That's the life God's calling you to this morning. Church, would you stand to your feet? Before we go back into worship, i got to ask this question. If you're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus like this crazy guy up here is talking about, but you'd like to know him, if you're here or you're watching online and you can't explain it, but there's a feeling like something in your chest is pulling you, it is God's presence. He wants a relationship with you like he had with Peter and Paul and with so many others in this room. He's calling you in this moment to surrender to the Savior and to have a life that's more abundant. With every eye closed in this place, if that's you this morning, and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to draw attention to you. But you're here and you're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus. Would you slip up your hand just as high as you can? Come on, brother. Come on. Come on. This is what life is about. Connecting people to the king. I want to pray with you this morning. The way we start a relationship with Jesus is to admit, to humble ourselves and go, I'm not perfect. I got problems. And believe me, every person in this place has got problems. We're far from perfect. We need a Savior. The imperfections called sin. That's literally its definition, missing the mark. So it's to say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And then it's to take a leap of faith and it's to go, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, that you rose again. And I am asking you to come into my life and save me. That's how we start. So I want to pray with you this morning. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a person that's lost, broken, who falls short. I relate to Peter. God, I've been there. I fall down more than I stand. But this morning, I come to the realization I need a Savior in my life. That I'm here in this place today. I'm hearing this message because you've ordained it to happen. You've put all the pieces in place. And this morning I'm taking a leap of faith. And Jesus, I do believe that you are the Son of God, that you came and walked among us. You put on a flesh suit, you walked through the things of life. You came, you died, and you rose again. And this morning, God, would you call me? Because I need a Savior. Right now, Jesus is calling your name. He's pulling you along. He's reaching out his hand to grab a hold of you and to pull you closer into his presence. Don't run. Don't run. The adventure is just beginning for you. This church loves you. We want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're not intimidated because our Savior was never intimidated by anybody's mess of their life. And you probably don't have a biggest mess as some of the other people in this room, including the pastor. God is big enough. And we do life together. Keep coming. Keep pushing into God. Use some of the resources and tools we have available for you to grow in Christ keep walking the journey that you've started this morning. Church, can we say amen? At least three people this morning gave their lives to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Because Jesus can be trusted. Jesus can be trusted. What's your testimony going to be this morning? We're going to go back into two worship songs. I'm going to come back. We're going to pray over the offering and close. I'm going to give you some direction on what's going to happen in the next few weeks. But let's worship the King because he's worthy of our praise because he can be trusted. Worship team, let's praise and worship.
1: a miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. My praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. His grace through my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony come together sons and daughters bought with blood and washed in water sing the praises of the spirit son and father our god will finish what he started our god will finish what he started this is my testimony this is my testimony from death to life because grace rewrote my story i'll testify by jesus christ the righteous i'm justified this is my testimony is
2: my testimony if i'm not dead you're not done let's sing that together if
1: i'm I'm not not dead dead, you're you're not not done. done god you're not done yet Greater things are still to come, oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Come on, sing it out. Greater things are still to come, oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come, oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come, oh, I believe. This, this is, is my testimony, testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony testimony from death to life because grace rewrote my story i'll testify by jesus christ the righteous i'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony
2: let's thank God for the testimony that he has given thank you Jesus Lord I thank you for your presence here thank you God that you are moving in our lives you are changing us you are drawing us unto you. God, what a privilege it is to lift up our worship and say hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We started our service today by talking about the word hallelujah. In the Old Testament, it, it comes only in the book of Psalms. In the New Testament, it only comes in six verses in the book of Revelation. Revelation 19 verses one through six. And I wanna read the last occurrence of the word hallelujah. Says this, then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and the sound of many peals of thunder, crying hallelujah for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Do you believe that this morning? That the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. We're to conclude our service by singing this song Hallelujah, Agnes Day, the Lord God Almighty reigns.
1: Oh,
0: pray over our offering to dismiss in just a moment, but if you sit for just a moment more, then we're going to dismiss you out of here. Um, just want to let you know how well, we're going to handle things for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we lay out plans, we get excited about them, and sometimes God sends us down a different path than what we had planned. And as we got together on the phone on Friday night, talking with the board members, we're like, look, we have an issue. We're not going to bury our hands in the sand. Um, our community right now and surrounding communities, the COVID virus is, is pretty thick and it's heavy. And listen, I would tell you, if Brad was here this morning, I have every I know he would say this. This stuff is serious. You do not want to mess with this stuff. And so we try to do everything that we can to fulfill the mission God's given us, right? Because that's it. We're fulfilling the mission. That's not optional. Preach the word, reach the lost. God's called us to do that. To do that, but to do it in a manner that's safe for people and that has the most opportunity, and potential for ministry. And so we sat down and looked at it. We said, look cons and cons and pros of, of moving in, moving out, all those different things, what should we do? We were equipped with the tools to be able to do this. And so we said, look, we're going to go back outside for at least three weeks. We're not planning to go all winter long. That's not the plan. We're going to let God decide things, but but we're going to go back out for a season here so that our community can get things under control. We had th- over 30 cases at the high school and junior high this last week. That's serious. we um, Riley just had a friend with a heart condition that had this, and I'm like, look, we, we we're meant to be good stewards in our community. We're meant to lead. I can tell you this this morning. We're not the only church thinking about going outside for services. This morning there are meetings that are happening. Today there's meetings happening with other churches thinking the same thing. We chose not to wait. We said, look, we know what God's asking us to do. We're going to pull the trigger we're going to lead. And so we're going to lead by example. Um, so we are going to go back outside for three weeks. We've done outside service before. Service will be at 10 o'clock, which means things happen a little earlier, uh, which means we'll be having set up crews. Between 7 and 7.30, they got to show up on Sunday morning to get service ready for 10 o'clock. God's been faithful. Weather's looking really good. So hopefully we don't have snowstorms in the next couple of weeks. We're looking good. And what season is it? We're going into harvest season. I believe God's going to position us for the right moment at the right time. Do you realize three weeks ago we had three different families that did not know each other show up here for church? And they said, we're here, Every, every one of them, same answer. I said, what brought you to Hillside today? what you did outside last season. We connected. We've been watching you in line ever since. And we had to come see it for ourselves today. Come on. So look, I don't look at this decision. And I want to be really clear. I want to be really clear. We're not making a decision as a board out of fear. We're making a decision out of faith. We're like, God, sometimes you put things, obstacles in our way to put us where we need to be. And I, I can tell you this, all the growth that we're seeing, all the growth we're seeing, came when we reached out beyond our walls. Maybe that's where we're meant to be. And I know that's rattle, rattle cages because it's different. But guys, if we believe that Jesus is coming back, is. maybe we're positioned by God for such a time as this to step out of the norm and to step into the moment. And listen, I don't want this to be selfish. But i got to tell you, in the moments where I preach outside, there is something that happens that comes over me. I've never felt more like I'm walking in the shoes of Jesus than when i got a mic in my hand and I'm preaching outside. But I want you to know I'm not making this decision because it's what I want. I want to be where God wants us to be. I want to be in this moment like Peter, On the water. I don't want to be in the boat. What's the worst that happens if we go outside? We still preach the word. We still worship. We got tremendous upside that people in our community can hear us. Maybe somebody walks over and checks us out. If we stay inside, what's what's the worst that could happen? A bunch of people could get sick (laughs) because we were stubborn and we weren't willing to say, what are the options? I don't know, that's a no-brainer to me. It's a no-brainer. And I'm not criticizing other churches for what they're doing, but I'm not leading those churches. I'm leading this church. And i got to tell you, God is on the move. Meet my new friend, by the way, that's sitting in the back row today who came because he watched us online. He got so excited <laughs> for what we were doing. Meet him before you leave today. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you an assignment. Invite someone to come to drive in church. And, and you're like, Pastor, everybody I know, they go to church. They, they're Christians. Then you need more friends. <laughs> Look, just legit, that's how Jesus did it. If you don't have any clue of how to do this, I'll tell you, buy a dog and go to the dog park. <laughs> because Bob is my friend that I met at the dog park who we invited to Jesus. Everybody we invited you to Jesus, we invited you to church. Just last week, my wife was out there with a couple that we're, we're working with and talking with. When I was out there this week, it was just the two of us, me and this lady. And She said, I just want to let you know, I need your wife in my life. Church, this is the season. This is it. This is our time to run with the baton. Come on. So look, what could God do over the next three weeks and whatever comes after that? Look, we got plans, but God's got the plan book. So if he calls an audible, I'm going with Jesus, okay? What can we expect? I expect God to do great things as we're obedient and we're faithful and we humble ourselves and walk after him. Let's invite people to come and see what God would do. Let's see what he does. On Wednesday nights, people say, what are we going to do for prayer? Guess what? We're going to pray. I know, crazy, mind-blowing theology here. What are we going to do? prayer? We're going to pray. So let's pray outside where God is going to work for the next three weeks on our campus. And let's set the atmosphere with well, God. What if it rains? i got a raincoat. Look, here's the deal. I'm going to pray on Wednesday nights on our campus at 630. You can come or you cannot. And I'm not criticizing you if you don't. I understand. People have busy schedules, other things. I will be here as long as I am healthy and able praying because I want a moment to step out on the water and see Jesus do what he wants to do. And if you want to join me, come join me for an hour, pray in our parking lot, and let's see what God would do. We're going to put Foundations Class on hold. We'll let you know when that starts back up. We'll start back with Season, with, uh, season 2, Episode 2. What are we doing? Week 2, whatever it's called. The second one, uh, we'll give you warning ahead of time so you can jump back into that class uh, when we do that. But church, can we do this together? Yeah. Now let's see what God would do. Three people got saved today that we know of. Who knows how well it's online. I mean, This is awesome. This is the church. So stand to your feet. We're going to pray over your offerings to give you an opportunity to give. I know church has gone long. This crazy guy is long-winded today. But this is what happens when I don't get to preach last week. We have a guest speaker and then I just, I overflow. So let's pray today as we dismiss. God, we're about to exit this house. But God, we're not leaving you behind. We are trusted. We are trusting you, and we know you go with us today. As we go about, maybe we go to lunch, or we're going to go watch a game with family, or, or, or maybe we're, we're, we're headed to the dog park, or maybe we just you're going to have a divine encounter and set us up to have a connection with someone we've never met before today. God, you go with us. You blaze a trail for our feet to follow. You put us exactly where we need to be when we need to be there. And God, we want to be a representation, your ambassadors to Ripon, this community, to every workplace, to every campus. We are willing to think outside the box. We are willing to do some crazy things to let people know about hope and love and truth and that you have a plan for their life. God, we want to connect more people to you, the real you, the real you that your word shows us. So, Lord, we commit the next few weeks into your hands. God, we believe we're making a decision. We've pulled the trigger. We believe we're guided by your Holy Spirit. So, God, we believe for great things to happen. Help us to position our hearts and minds like these men and women that we read about. Let's learn from their mistakes. We don't need to reproduce those. But, God, can we we see the truth of being humble and trusting you, stepping out of faith, stepping out of the boat onto the water and seeing what you might do. And Lord, not all of it is going to be seen with our eyes. There are things happening far beyond. Our influence in this community is far beyond what we think. And God, you move. You do it. You make the connections happen. Speak to us. Give us wisdom. And the choices that we make go through the next few weeks, the messages that are preached, the worship that's chosen, put us in the right place at the right time for amazing things to transpire. Lord, once again, we pray for our community. We lift them up. Lord, bring healing. Bring wisdom. And Lord, we pray that we kick this virus's behind to the curb. And Lord, we are going to keep preaching the word and keep loving on people and standing with people because that was what you've called Hillside to do. Lord, bless the offering that's given. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, have a phenomenal week. See you on Wednesday and next Sunday for driving church. And don't forget, honk those horns for amen, all right? I've missed that a little bit.